Chapter Eight of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter Eight. Relating how Dr. Toole and Captain Devereux went on a moonlight errand nearly a dozen gentlemen broke out at once into voluble speech nutter was in a confounded passion but being a man of few words showed his wrath chiefly in his countenance and stood with his legs apart and his arms stuffed straight into his coat pockets his back to the fireplace with his chest thrown daringly out sniffing the air in a state of high tension and as like as a respectable little fellow five feet six could be to that giant who smelt the blood of the irishman and swore with a fee-faw-fum he'd eat him for his supper that night none of the corps can represent you nutter you know said captain clough it may go hard enough with puttock and o'flaherty as the matter stands but by jove if any of us appear on the other side the general would make it a very serious affair indeed tool can't you asked devereux out of the question answered he shutting his eyes with a frown and shaking his head there's no man i'd do it sooner for nutter knows but i can't i've refused too often besides you'll want me professionally you know for Sturk must attend the Royal Hospital inquiry tomorrow all day. But hang it, where's the difficulty? Isn't there? Pooh! Why, there must be lots of fellows at hand. Just, uh, just think for a minute. I don't care who, said Nutter, with dry ferocity. So he can load a pistol. Tom Forsyth would have done capitally if he was at home said one but he's not remarked clough well said tool getting close up to devereux in a coaxing undertone suppose we try loftus dan loftus ejaculated devereux dan loftus repeated the little doctor testily remember it's just eleven o'clock he's no great things to be sure but what better can we get alan's done said devereux donning his cocked hat with a shrug and the least little bit of a satirical smile and out bustled the doctor beside him where the deuce did that broganeer o'flaherty come from said clough confidentially to old major o'neill a conicked man answered the major with a grim smile for he was himself of that province and was perhaps a little bit proud of his countrymen Toole says he's well connected pursued clough but by jupiter i never saw so mere a teague and the most cross-grained devil of a catamountain i could not quite understand why he fastened on mr nutter observed the major with a mild smile i'll rid the town of him rapped out nutter with an oath leering at his own shoe buckle and tapping the sole with asperity on the floor if you're thinking of any unpleasant measures gentlemen i'd rather if you please know nothing of them said the sly quiet major 
for the general you are aware has expressed a strong opinion about such affairs and as tis past my bed hour i'll wish you gentlemen a good night and off went the major upon my life if this conic rapparee is permitted to carry on his business of indiscriminate cut-throat here he'll make the service very pleasant resumed clough who though a brisk young fellow of eight-and-forty had no special fancy for being shot i say the general ought to take the matter into his own hands not till i'm done with it growled nutter and send the young gentleman home to conic pursued clough i'll send him first to the other place said nutter in allusion to the lord protector's well-known alternative in the open street under the sly old moon red little dr toole in his great wig and gypsy devereux in quest of a squire for a good night who stood panting for battle in the front parlour of the phoenix saw a red glimmer in loftus's dormant window he's alive and stirring still said devereux approaching the hall door with a military nonchalance wisht said toole plucking him back by the sash we must not make a noise the house is asleep i'll manage it leave it to me and he took up a handful of gravel but not having got the range he shied it all against old tom drought's bedroom window deuce take that old sneak whispered toole vehemently he's always in the way the last man in the town i'd have and up went a pebble better directed for this time it went right through loftus's window and a pleasant little shower of broken glass jingled down into the street confound you tool said devereux you'll rouse the town plague take the fellow's glass it's as thin as paper sputtered tool loftus we want you said tool in a hard whispered shout and making a speaking trumpet of his hands as the wild head of the student like nothing in life but a hen's nest appeared above cock loftus come down d'ye hear urged devereux dr toole and lieutenant devereux i-i dear me yes gentlemen you're most obedient murmured loftus vacantly and knocking his head smartly on the top of the window-frame and recovering from a little bow i'll be with ye gentlemen in a moment and the hen's nest vanished toole and devereux drew back a little into the shadow of the opposite buildings for while they were waiting a dusky apparition supposed to be old drought in his nightshirt appeared at that gentleman's windows saluting the ambassadors with mop and mow in a very threatening and energetic way just as this demonstration subsided the hall door opened wide and indeed was left so while our friend loftus in a wonderful tattered old silk coat that looked quite indescribable by moonlight the torn linings hanging down in loops inside the skirts pale and discoloured like the shreds of banners in a cathedral his shirt loose at the neck his breeches unbuttoned at the knees and a gigantic misshapen and mouldy pair of slippers clinging and clattering about his feet came down the steps his light round little eyes and queer quiet face peering at them into the shade 
and a smokeified volume of divinity tucked under his arm with his finger between the leaves to keep the place when devereux saw him approaching the whole thing mission service man and all struck him in so absurd a point of view that he burst out into an explosion of laughter which only grew more vehement and uproarious the more earnestly and imploringly toole tried to quiet him pointing up with both hands and all his fingers extended to the windows of the sleeping townsfolk and making horrible grimaces shrugs and ogles but the young gentleman was not in the habit of denying himself innocent indulgences and shaking himself loose of tool he walked down the dark side of the street in peals of laughter making ever and anon little breathless remarks to himself which his colleague could not hear but which seemed to have the effect of setting him off again into new hemi demi semi quavers and roars of laughter and left the doctor to himself to conduct the negotiation with loftus well said devereux by this time recovering breath as the little doctor looking very red and glum strutted up to him along the shady pavement well well oh i very well to be sure i'd like to know what the plague were to do now grumbled tool your precious armor-bearer refuses to act then asked devereux to be sure he does he sees you walking down the street ready to die a-laughin at nothin by jove swore tool in deep disgust and and ach hang it it's all a confounded pack of nonsense sir if you could not keep grave for five minutes you ought not to have come at all and what need i care it's nutter's affair not mine and well for him we failed did you ever see such a fish he'd have shot himself or nutter to a certainty but there's a chance yet we forgot the nightingale club they're still in the phoenix who sir they're all tailors and greengrocers said tool in high dudgeon there are two or three good names among them however answered devereux and by this time they were on the threshold of the phoenix larry he cried to the waiter the nightingale club is there is it not glancing at the great back parlor door be the powers captain you may say that said larry with a wink and a grin of exquisite glee see larry said tool with importance we're a little serious now so just say if there's any of the gentlemen there you you understand now quite steady you see me larry winked this time a grave wink looked down at the floor and up to the cornice and well said he to be candid with you just at this minute half an hour ago you see it was different the only gentleman i take on myself to recommend to you as perfectly sober is mr mccann of petticoat lane is he in business asked tool does he keep a shop said devereux a shop two shops a great man in the chandlery line responded larry 
Hmm. Not precisely the thing we want, though, says Toole. There are some of them, surely, that don't keep shops, said Devereux, a little impatiently. Millions, said Larry. Come, say their names. Only one of them came this evening. Mr. Doolan, of Stony Bather, he's a retired merchant. That will do, said Toole, under his breath to Devereux. Devereux nodded just i say tap him on the shoulder and tell him that dr toole you know of this town with many compliments and excuses begs one word with him said the doctor oh doctor dear he was the first of them down and was carried out to his coach insensible just when mr crozier of christ church began come roger and listen he's in his bed in stony bather a good hour and a half ago a retired merchant says devereux well tool what do you advise now by jove i think one of us must go into town twill never do to leave poor nutter in the lurch and between ourselves that o'flaherty's a a bloodthirsty idiot by jove and ought to be put down let's see nutter you or i must go we'll take one of these songsters noddies a noddy give me leave to remark was the one-horse hack vehicle of dublin and the country round which has since given place to the jaunting car which is in its turn half superseded by the cab and devereux followed by tool entered the front parlour again but without their help the matter was arranging itself and a second of whom they knew nothing was about to emerge End of chapter 8 Recording by John Brandon